This is the Doubles Only Tennis Podcast, where you learn the best tips and strategies in the world to help you become a smarter, more effective tennis player. You'll hear interviews with pro tour doubles players and coaches, including easy-to-use lessons to improve your game and win more matches. My name is Will Bocek, founder of the Tennis Tribe, doubles strategy coach, and host of the show. Hey everyone, and welcome to today's show. Uh, Today, I'm going to cover three of my favorite doubles tactics uh, that I like to use on the court. And what I'm hoping that you'll get out of this is you will make some adjustments to how you play strategically. uh, And you can start using these in your very next match um, because these are uh, pretty simple to execute doubles tactics. It's more about kind of where you're hitting and how you're positioning yourself. Um, And one of these uh, will help you add an extra tool uh, to your game as well. So uh, these three tactics are from actually from a new ebook that I just released last month uh, called 25 Winning Doubles Tactics. Um, and you can get that on the website. Um, it has 25 tactics on serve, return, net play, approach, baseline play, um, and a lot more. And these are uh, what I'm going to share today is three tactics from that ebook. Um, so this will be. Uh, Um, what I deem as probably the three most effective. Um, So if this is enough for you, great. Uh, If you want more, go to thetennistribe.com and you can click on uh, podcast or the improve section and I'll make sure that we uh, make it easy to find uh, the ebook if you do want to purchase that. Um, So I'm recording this on January 26th. Uh, You'll be listening to this next Wednesday. And this is the first episode I've recorded in uh, a couple of months. Um, If you remember, uh, or if you've been following the show, uh, we've been releasing a lot of interviews from World Team Tennis. So we released um, some interviews with several uh, current pro players, including Caroline Dolhide, Alexa Garacci, um, as well as some former pro players and coaches like Luke Jensen and Rick Leach, um, who have both won Grand Slam titles. Uh, So we've had a lot of great content, but I haven't actually uh, talked to y'all in a couple of months. Uh, So a lot's lot's happened since then, uh, and I wanted to kind of run through a quick update before we dive into uh, the three tactics. Um, So uh, December 1st, the USTA ratings came out. I got bumped up to a 5.0, which I was pretty excited about. It's been a goal of mine for the last uh, several years. Um, it was a little bit surprising, but uh, I I did finally make it. Um, so I'm going to be playing a lot of five zero and open level uh, tournaments this year. So that'll that'll be a new fun challenge, and I'll let y'all know how that goes. Um, we launched another new website uh, about two weeks ago. I think it was January twelfth. Um, we, if you remember, uh, we launched a new website last June, and that website wasn't working out for. Um, whatever reason. So we decided to build a new one again. Um, and this one uh, is doing well so far. Um, so uh, definitely um, go check that out. Uh, and then we have a lot of plans for 2022. Um, a lot of stuff is going to be coming. Uh, one I've already mentioned, uh, we have the 25 Winning Doubles Tactics ebook that I've released. Uh, I'm planning on creating uh, 
probably four, maybe five more of those through the course of the year. So it's going to be kind of a a consolidated format of all of uh, my best content. So we'll do one on serve strategy, return strategy, net play, baseline, uh, maybe a mental one, uh, things like that. So um, if you want to uh, purchase those, those will be available. Um, As they're released, I'll be sharing them uh, on the podcast like I'm doing here. Uh, We're going to start selling merchandise uh, later this year on the website. Um, I'm actually going to uh, be launching a new uh, Watch More Doubles t-shirt at Indian Wells with uh, Gabby Dabrowski. So she um, is a top 20 uh, WTA doubles player. And we had her on the podcast a long time ago. Uh, and she's been on the WTA Players Council. And we, um, I'm trying to help her work with her um, to just grow doubles uh, like we've um, talked about a lot here on the podcast. Uh, so if you saw my shirt last year uh, that I wore at Indian Wells, we're going to be selling those um, and launching those. So that'll be really exciting. Um, we're going to have a lot of players at Indian Wells wearing the shirts, hopefully, um, and you'll be able to purchase that online. Uh, I'm planning on creating a few new courses. Um, and then as far as free content, uh, we're going to be releasing a lot more video content. Several of you have requested um more video because some of you are visual learners, um, and it does help a lot. Um, some people are good at visualizing the court uh, as I talk through this stuff on the podcast, uh, but I know a lot of you want um, to be able to see something as well. So um, we're going to be releasing a lot more video content, uh, and I've actually purchased a a whiteboard that has a tennis court on it. So I'm really excited to uh, shoot some videos with that and. Um, kind of show you the angles of the court and the positioning of the players and things like that. So it'll be um, it'll be a lot more helpful um, for those of you who are visual learners. So that is the plan for 2022. Um, if you uh, have any questions or requests about any of this, um, you can always email me will at the tennis tribe.com. But for now, let's dive into the uh, three winning doubles tactics that I want to share with you today. So the first tactic is the what I call the serve plus one in volley. Uh, over the last four or five years, um, I've added the serve and volley to my game. I'm doing it a lot more than I was five years ago. Um, I used to always serve and stay at the baseline. I feel like that's what most 3-5-4-0-4-5 level players do. Um, they serve and stay at the baseline. And the serve and volley is a really useful a tool to add to your toolkit. Now, there's a lot of doubles coaches and doubles players who say you you have to serve in volley, and, and it is a little bit of kind of an old school mindset. Um, I've talked about that uh, with several guests um, on the show, inc- including uh, Rick Leach, who, who's won nine Grand Slams. Um, and yeah, you, you can still serve and stay back to uh, win in doubles these days, uh, but if you want to add an extra tool to your tool belt, like I said, um, the serve and volley is a great um, tool to have for players who are returning with a lot of depth against you um, because then you're able to get forward in the court and you can take that first ball out of the air. Uh, but a lot of players aren't comfortable with the serve and volley because the half volley is a pretty difficult shot. So to develop that, what I started doing 
uh, several years ago is started started doing the serve plus one and volley. So if you've listened to the show for a while, you know what the serve plus one is. It's the third shot of the rally. Uh, I learned it from Craig O'Shaughnessy at Breaking Game Tennis. I'm not sure if he coined the term. Um, I think uh, you know it could have come from, from somewhere else, but he's definitely made it more popular. Uh, but if you can imagine, you, you hit a serve, the returns comes back, and that next shot, so this is your first shot after the serve, that's what we call the serve plus one. So with the serve plus one in volley, uh, to execute that, all you do is you hit your serve, you hit your ground stroke as the serve plus one, and then you move forward to the net. So you're practicing your transition game to come forward to the net, uh, but by waiting for the serve plus one uh, ground stroke to come forward, you're buying yourself a little bit more time. So for people who aren't as comfortable transitioning to the net, uh, this is a great way to practice that skill. Uh, the reason you're buying yourself more time is, um, well, there's several reasons. One, uh, your serve is probably going to be faster than any ground stroke you hit. So the ball is going to move through the court faster and, and it's going to come back faster. Um, so you don't have as much time to prepare for that half volley as you do if you approach after the serve plus one. So you're buying yourself more time there. Um, the best way to, to go about executing this is um, to hit your serve plus one high over the net um, or some sort of slower shot. You can chip it. Um, you can hit a slice. Uh, as long as it gets cross court and it gets back to the returner who is at the baseline. Now, if, if the returner returns in volleys, then this is you know, going to be a tough one to execute, but not a lot of players return in volley. So this is going to be um, a good tactic in most scenarios. Um, so hit that serve plus one higher over the net um, if you can, or just a low slice, um, anything that kind of moves a little bit slower at a little bit slower pace to buy yourself some time. And as soon as you feel that ball off your racket, as soon as you know you hit a good shot um, with some decent depth to push the opponent back, uh, you start to move forward. And when, when you start to move forward, uh, that was my computer talking to me there. Um, when you uh, start to move forward, uh, you will have plenty of time because you hit a slower ball, you hit with good depth, which pushed the opponent back. So that ball's got a lot more distance to travel. Um, and you'll be able to get further into the court for that next volley versus a normal servant volley. You'll be hitting that half volley from uh, the service line or sometimes even a little bit behind it. So um, this is a great tactic if you're not comfortable with the traditional servant volley uh, and you're getting stuck in cross-court rallies that are a bad matchup. So if the opponent is a better uh, ground stroke or baseline player than you and you want to get to the net to... Um, to kind of throw them off and apply a little pressure, uh, then this is a great, great uh, tactic to use. So uh, the next tactic is a pretty basic one, and um, it's a really important one. I think it is going to be, um, it's probably one of the most effective uh, strategies I see at the 3-0 to 4-0 level because not that many people do it, um, and it is the mid-rally poach. So the mid-rally poach is a tactic that is executed just like it sounds. Um, it is a poach during a cross-court rally that your partner 
might be in. So for each one of these tactics, um, I already did it in the last one, but uh, what I'm going over is uh, what is the actual tactic, how do you execute it, and then what are the best times to use it. Um, and in the ebook, uh, it's got that for all 25 of them. So what is the mid-rally poach? Um, it's simply put a poach during the rally. So your partner's in a cross-court rally, uh, and you cross to kind of cut that ball off or uh, force the opponent to hit a low percentage down-the-line shot. Uh, to execute this, um, it's good to vary your timing on the poach. Um, a lot of uh, a lot of coaches I've heard say, you know, poach as soon as they start their swing or poach when they're about to make contact. Um, it really depends, and, and I think it's good to vary your timing to keep kind of the, the opponent uh, guessing. Um, so uh, sometimes it's good to poach early and let them see you and force an uncomfortable low percentage down the line shot. Uh, or sometimes it's good to poach late um, as soon as they make contact so that you do cut that ball off and get a good volley. Um, the best times to execute a mid-rally poach are going to be when uh, you have a forehand in the middle. Um, so your forehand volley is, um, for almost every player I watch, is going to be better than your backhand volley. You also have a little bit more reach with your forehand volley. Um, another great time is when the opponent is hitting a backhand. So for most people, their backhand is going to um, A, be a weaker shot than the forehand, but B, um, and potentially more importantly, it is going to be moving slower. So it's a little bit easier for you um, to hit that volley. Uh, and if they do redirect it down the line, because it's slower, it's easier for um, for your partner to cover that down the line shot. They have more time to get there uh, because the, the backhand uh, is going to be be moving through the court a little bit slower. Um, and then when the opponent is way back behind the baseline, that's another great time to poach. Um, so in that case, you can either go early and force them to change their uh, change direction and try to make a low percentage down the line shot. Uh, like I said, your partner should be able to cover that um, because they're so far back behind the baseline. The ball's got a lot further to travel, so your partner has more time to get over there. Um, and uh, you can go early as well as they make contact. And you can do that because they have plenty of time um, or because you'll have plenty of time to cross and to get that ball because they're so far back uh, behind the baseline. So look for all these factors. Um see if they have a forehand or backhand, see if they're off balance, see if they look uncomfortable. Um, and then you also want to consider the quality of the ball that your partner hit. So if the opponent hits a ball that looks like a short ball and you know that your partner is about to get a short forehand, for example, then you can kind of anticipate that this is going to be um, a pretty good shot uh, during this cross-court rally and you can kind of get ready to poach on that next ball. Um, so consider, you know, the quality of the uh, the ball that your partner hit as well. Um, poaching uh, poaching late um, is a great strategy uh, to really surprise them. Like I said earlier, so um, if they're kind of in a rhythm cross court, you poach late, you cut off that volley. Um, the easiest place to hit that volley is going to be back cross court short. Um, a lot of players try to hit kind of an inside out volley in between the players or at the net player, um, which can work if you have that shot, but it, it's a little bit easier to 
um, to just hit that volley back in the direction that it came from, uh, but just hit a short kind of angle um, outside the court. Uh, and then um, when is the best time to, to use this mid-rally poach? So um, a lot of players um, I see at that 3-0, 4-0 level uh, aren't really comfortable at the net. They're not sure when to poach. Um, and we've gone over some of that. But um, what you want to ask yourself is, um, is my partner in a bad matchup in that cross-court rally? So is the opponent going to win most of the cross-court rallies with my partner? If that's the case, then you need to be disruptive at the net, um, especially if your partner is getting stuck in those rallies and they're having trouble transitioning to the net. Um, if that's the case, you're going to want to move a lot laterally at the net. So the mid-rally poach is a great tactic to use that, um, to use in that case. Uh, and like I said, uh, do it, you know, if you're uncomfortable, do it mostly when your forehand's in the middle, when the opponent has a backhand, uh, when they look off balance, and when they're uh, back behind the baseline. Um, so hopefully that helps. Uh, definitely get out there and use that strategy. It's one of the best strategies you can use, and I don't see enough players at that club level using it, um, and you can really be dis- disruptive uh, during some of those longer kind of rally points. So the next strategy uh, we'll cover is called the middle blitz. So in this ebook, the tactics that uh, that I've um, written de- written out here, uh, all twenty five of them, they're broken up into serve tactics, return tactics, net play, baseline, and approach. So there's about four to seven of each of them, and the middle blitz is the one I want to cover next, and that is an approach tactic. So uh, what is the middle blitz? It's a full blitz, kind of a full attack through the middle of the court. So like I said, this is an approach tactic. So to execute this, um, you're going to need a short ball. So this is going to be during a rally or maybe on your serve plus one if the return is a little bit shorter in the court. Um, you're going to have an approach shot. Ideally, on your approach shot, you're going to be running around your backhand and you're going to hit a forehand. Um, if you're more comfortable with your backhand, then you know go with that. But um, for most players, it's going to be a forehand that's your strength on these approach shots. Uh, and the the way to execute this is to hit that forehand approach shot over that center net strap area through the middle of the court. Now, I see a lot of players when I when I go to these USTA league matches or tournaments, I see a lot of players get short balls and. A, they make too many errors because they're trying to hit a winner off the short ball. And B, too often they try to uh, hit an angle from that approach shot or just blast it at the opposing net player and they end up losing the point. And if you watch the pro doubles players when they get a short ball, um, and for them a a short ball or an approach shot... um, is going to be, you know, anything inside the baseline. For you, it might need to be a little bit closer to the service line. But regardless, when you watch pro doubles, they're trying to hit those ground strokes that are a little bit shorter in the court when they can step in through the middle. Um, We've talked about before how important it is to take over that middle net strap area in doubles. And this is one of the best ways to do that. So um, take your forehand approach shot, hit it over that middle net strap area, 
Uh, make sure you hit it to the baseline player um, if possible. Uh, we don't want to be hitting it to the net player because um, hitting it to the baseline player will buy you time to get to the net. So hit with, uh, with good depth if you can. Um, another good option is to slice it and keep it low over that middle net strap area. Uh, and some of those might land a little bit short, but that baseline player is going to be kind of reaching and leaning forward, uh, and they're going to have to pop that ball up. Um, so either one works. Uh, it depends on the player you're playing against, um, how quick they are, what they're comfortable with. Um, and ideally, you'll, uh, you'll hit it through the middle of the court um, to, uh, to a backhand. But sometimes, uh, sometimes the backhand's not there. Sometimes it's a forehand. So um, do the best you can to hit it through the center net strap area. And when you do, you follow the approach shot uh, towards the net and you and your partner will both kind of pinch towards the middle. Uh, because you hit the approach shot through the middle of the court, you've taken away any angles that this baseline player has. So for them to hit a passing shot into the doubles alley from the middle of the court is going to require a, a pretty ridiculous shot. Um, it's going to be very low percentage. If they beat you on it once, uh, don't let that discourage you. Make them beat you on it two or three times because... I would imagine that they will miss uh, the next two or three if they uh, if they make one because it is a, a very very difficult shot that most players um, just do not have. Uh, so, like I said, this is a great um, tactic for uh, approaching the net for taking over that middle net strap area. Um, and one thing uh, that I mentioned at the beginning that I really want you to focus on is not missing this approach shot. Uh, don't go for too much on this. The goal is to set up the next shot, which should be a volley from close to the net or an overhead if they lob it. Um, so uh, make sure you focus on hitting it solid with a high percentage through the middle of the court to that baseline player, get forward, pinch the middle, and take over that area. So that is, um, that's it for this episode. Those are the three tactics. Um, like I said, I chose these three because I feel like they are um, going to be the most effective for most of you listening to the show, uh, whether you're a, a 3-0 player or a 4-0 player um, or even higher. Uh, these three tactics are the things that I feel like I see um, most players kind of miss out on or most uh, opportunities um, to improve on. Uh, if you want the other uh, 22 uh, doubles tactics in the ebook. Go to thetennistribe.com, uh, click on podcast, and uh, we will have this ep- uh, or a link to the full ebook um, for uh, available for purchase um, in the show notes. So um, I will make sure that uh, you can find it there. Um, but like I said at the beginning, as always, uh, you can always reach out to me if you have any questions. My email is will at thetennistribe.com, and um, I'm looking forward to 2022. Uh, thank you all for um, all the support in 2021. It was a great year, and uh, I will talk to you in the next episode. If you're a doubles player, you'll love our weekly doubles newsletter. Every Thursday, we send you doubles tips and strategies to help you improve your game and become a smarter player. When you sign up, you'll get a free 10-page guide on how to play with more confidence and dominate at the net in doubles. You can go to thetennistribe.com to sign up now.